So so the the phrase you use is when you say this, it makes me feel I don't know ashamed to be part of this family. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel, yeah. you know. But you make it about yourself. You make it about yourself, yeah, like your response and your feelings. And my request simply is, you know, while we're here at Thanksgiving and join a meal together, that that I not hear statements like that anymore. Like don't e- don't even ask them to go into it because again, you open in. You <laughs> might be right. Welcome to episode 71 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com. And of course, you can listen anytime wherever you find your favorite podcasts, which we assume includes ours. Uh, And tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsors. It better include ours. We should be like in the top three. Yeah. Yes. Here we go. We're sponsored by Casual Priest, a maker of fine clergy wear based in Sweden. Your clergy tops are modern, confident, and stylish. And if you want a chance to win some free Casual Priest apparel, call and leave a message on our Casual Priest hotline, 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830 for those of you without letters on your phone. And as always, you can join our conversation anytime on Twitter or Facebook using the hashtag PTLive. And we're also sponsored by Wink, the wine club. That's W-I-N-C. Features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. You don't have to go to the wine shop. The wine shop comes to you. Get started at TryWink. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C. TryWink.com slash PTLive for $20 off your first order and some other savings. Nice. Thanks for doing my read. You did that better than I would have. Well, I figured, you know, you you welcome and then you do the <laughs> setup for everything else. I thought I would like, you know, you, you just roll. a little bit, you know, Tina's yeah. not here to, to to read her usual spot. So I'm just, just, just helping you up, bro. Yeah, I, I need the help. Thank you. Thank you. Well, tonight we discuss holiday survival tips. Thanksgiving is upon us, and we know what comes after that. Uh, how do we survive the holidays, particularly if you're spending time with relatives who see the world uh, fairly, farly, quite differently than you do? Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. And is it worth engaging in potentially divisive topics like politics? religion, how you're raising your kids, uh, or do you steer clear of all that stuff? And uh, speaking of that, how does one go about having a meaningful conversation with someone who sees things vastly different than you do? So we're going to get into all of that. And thankfully, we have with us once again, the Reverend Shannon Meacham to help us chart uh, these sketchy waters. So welcome, Shannon. Thanks for having me. So I said on Twitter, you invited your crazy cousin to the conversation. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. So um, remind us where you're calling us from or where you're joining us from, I mean, and uh, what you're drinking and a little bit about yourself. So I am currently calling you from my husband's office. 
Um, that's all the Star Wars pop figures. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see nice. in the background. Actually, no, the Star Wars is upstairs. This is everything else. Um, I am outside of Baltimore on the north side in a little suburb called Lutherville. And I serve Ashland Presbyterian Church um, around here. And I'm also a um, clergy and leadership coach for churches and pastors and all that good stuff. Try to keep the churches as healthy as we can. And theology is good as we can and constantly have a feeling of failure. <laughs> Not with my clients, just in general, in the world. <laughs> and I awesome. am drinking tonight some hot apple cider because tis the season with a little shot of a local distillery called Dogfish. They are also a brewery. They also have a distillery. And um, this is something that Derek picked up. It is a whiskey, rum, and apple brandy mix called Sonic Archaeology, um, wow. an American oh. epic cocktail. So oh. it may become a new tradition. I did not know Dogfish did liquor as well. You know what? Their gin is delicious, I have to say. I don't do gin, but I like that stuff you were just holding up. I'm gonna have to yeah, you it. should, you know, you should try it. I, I mean, really, I think the label got him, but, you know, it's not. Yeah, I'm actually coming to, uh, I will be in Severna Park for Yay! Thanksgiving. Um, we're home. I might, I might swing by, swing by dogfish and pick up a bottle of that stuff. Yeah, it's in any of the liquor stores around here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and my name is uh, Brian Burkoff. I am a pastor in Holland, Michigan, uh, pastor of Holland UCC and author of the book, Pub Theology, Beer, Conversation and God. And tonight I'm drinking an old standby here in the state of Michigan, a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. So mm -hmm. it's a uh, nicely rounded uh, IPA and it just never does you wrong. So and with us, as usual, Ogan Holder. Welcome, Ogan. Thank you. Thank you, um, Reverend Ogan Holder at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, author of Rants to Revelations, subtitle escaping me right now, something about reflections about God and life, something like that. Spirituality. Spirituality. Um, I think my next book will have a shorter subtitle, but knowing me, it won't. It probably should. <laughs> Um, Every time I'm on the show, I'm like, I gotta get me a book. Like, I get you a book. Just, I gotta get yeah, me a book. Left. There you go. Um, since we're doing a Thanksgiving episode, nothing says Thanksgiving like pie. So I am doing clown shoes, pecan pie porter. Mm, yum. Whoa. Going for the full pint. So that's my beverage. Wow. Pecan pie porter. That's that's a perfect segue into our opening question, which is, what is your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? You're looking at it right here. <laughs> You're drinking <laughs> it right now. Uh, I like to cook. So I actually enjoy the days long process of cooking and preparing and all of that. And I like to eat. So that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, I, the combination of turkey cranberry and not not that weird slimy stuff out the can i mean like real cranberries and stuff in like that trio like i can eat that any time of the year like there's actually a a, a deli down in boston that has that on mm. their menu constantly 
uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And I will go in there. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, middle of summer or something. And I will order it because that combination never gets old. So I look forward to that the most. Close second, um, pumpkin pie with like fresh whipped cream. Again, not the stuff from the spray can. I mean, somebody got out the KitchenAid mixer <laughs> and put some heavy cream and some sugar in there and whip that puppy up. A little that's, splash of vanilla too. That makes a little, little splash better. of vanilla. That's 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 what I look for to the most. Nice. And this is coming from a non-Thanksgiving observant tradition. So, you know, if you want to get me locked into any American tradition, just have some good food attached to it, and boom, <laughs> I am there. Done. How about you, Brian? Yeah. Boy, I you know I like the whole I like the combination of all the stuffs, but uh, I think one thing I I love is the the sort of the green bean casserole with the crunchy onions and I don't know maybe that's not very exciting but I just kind of like that. Well, you know it's you, so <laughs> I mean it's Makes sense. A Midwestern white guy from Michigan. What else is going to be but a casserole? Oh, nails it. <laughs> Nails it. Doesn't scream exciting, but screams consistency and like like you know, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like like a staple. There you go. Consistent staple. staple. That's Brian. That's your rap. Now, do you guys know any? Do you guys have any like uh stuffing preferences? Uh Uh, ways ways that you make it? I mean, what what's your what's your secrets, Shannon? So I am I am a um so everybody has their, this is the traditional word, right? We could do the whole show on the word traditional. So um, my my mother is from the Midwest. She's from Illinois. And she made sage stuffing, which is, to uh, me, the taste of Thanksgiving, right? Like, uh, to yes. me, actually, the stuffing is what makes it. You can have turkey any other time. Like, it's the the, the taste of the stuffing. So I make a strict sage stuffing. Um, and growing up in the South, which was very odd because it was cornbread, you know, everything, everybody had cornbread stuffing. Um, and then I moved oh. to the Northeast and it was oyster stuffing, which I personally still think is an abomination, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell. No. No, do- Although probably more authentic than anything else that oysters are served. <laughs> stuffing prepared inside the bird or separate? Oh yeah, inside. It's got to be like moist and good and juicy. I agree. And, I, mm-hmm. I don't on the side thing, I love stage stuffing too. And 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 the times I have made it, I kick it up a notch with a little spicy sausage in mm-hmm. the stuffing. Yeah, the sausage, right? Have some yeah. sausage in there, and it complements the turkey nicely. And yes, definitely in the bird. And covered in gravy, right? Like can't forget that gravy. I'm sorry. I love me See, some gravy. I, I don't do the gravy thing. Oh God, no! It's all about oh. the gravy. Gotta have the gravy. That just goes like almost over everything. Like my children cheer when the gravy comes out. Like <laughs> maybe you just haven't had good gravy. Good gravy. It, well, <laughs> part of it is gravy. Where I come from in Barbados is a whole almost separate animal than gravies I've encountered here. Um, and I, the, the ones that I've encountered here just have not grown on me. It wasn't for lack of trying. Trust me. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it just hasn't, just hasn't caught on. But. But yeah, I've, even though I've been living up here in New England for three years, I've not encountered the oyster stuffing yet. And even though I love oysters, I wow. imagine that might get a little weird. 
Um, so I, I don't know about that. Might try yeah. this year. What happens? Yeah. On uh, on Facebook, uh, Judy says her favorite uh, part of the meal is the homemade sausage stuffing. And then Joshua says eating stovetop stuffing directly out of the pan. Mm. I'm sorry, Joshua. You're you. Where's the like? Ain't you're out of here. Pulled him off the stage. Sound. <laughs> I, oh, wondered, I, like, I got I got one of those. I got. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, we can't boo him. Boo him would not work. That's not. No, no, I don't want to boo him. I'm just like. We can respond. We can respond in in shock. A little bit of shock, with. Why? Why isn't it working? Damn it! Know. Uh, you... Never when you need it. Never when you need it. Mm. All right, well, I mean, I'm not saying like. Listen, it's stovetop has its own. We this is the holiday for like nostalgia, right? So whatever it is, that's right. That you you know, it's it it fires all the sensors in the sciency brainy parts that I don't understand, but I know is there. The smell, the taste, the all of it. It's just that's why the word traditional is used, even if it's completely different. Okay, exactly. I think that's exactly right. So now we want to get into uh, the meat of the conversation. No pun intended. Um, do you get into um, topics that are potentially problematic, or or is that even an issue um, in the settings in which you gather with either family or friends and how does that how does that go and how, what is your plan to sort of survive just in terms of potentially contentious relationships go to thanksgiving only with people who agree with you have a friends given ah <laughs> i like that together. no i'm just kidding um i think i think um the interesting thing is if you with your if you've been in your family long enough like people know who you are and people know the topics that are going to be hot button topics for each other um so i think uh, naturally stuff will come up but i think a way to maybe avoid that is you know folk like i can't believe i'm actually going to say this phrase but focus on the family um you know <laughs> whoa <laughs> what just happened yeah really talk talk about talk about what's going on in each other's lives <laughs> and you know, um, um, try your best to avoid the hot button topics, but you know, I think they're I think they're going to come up regardless. Mm. And um, as long as you remember that, at, at the end of the day, like family is more important than being right. I think you'll, you'll make it through, even though being right feels good. And the caveat on all this will depend on how much wine or <laughs> beverage you've you've consumed throughout the course of the meal because yeah that that could make things go askew yeah fair point fair point so mm. ogan you you're if you're coming down this way then i'm assuming you're spending some time with in-laws um not in-laws no. i guess well i don't know girlfriends family technically okay. not in-laws yet i mean uh, not to pry but. <laughs> Not, but but yes, I'm spending uh, Thanksgiving with my girlfriend and her, some of her family, um, and I've um, been with them before. And yes, we're pretty much all on the same page about stuff. They're like musician intellectuals, mm -hmm. so it will be a fun time, um, I think. 
Um, now, in the past, with with uh, Jennifer's family, um, we were not on the same page with them mm. at all. So we did our best to, you know, the, the laundry list of what we could talk about was much shorter than what we shouldn't talk about. Um, so we did our best to, at best, either avoid those topics or at best be very patient with each other when those topics came up. And I think we got to a point where I think we had like a three or four exchange rule, like three or four exchanges about the topic. And then nice. oh, let's, let's move on. I don't think it was a consciously agreed upon rule, but that's what tended to happen. Cause we knew past that things would escalate really quickly. Things yeah. would yeah, spiral, <laughs> spiral and get out of hand. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> But I think I think if there was anything that really made it past that three four exchange salvo was if it was a topic around something that affected one of us individually or mm -hmm. personally, and then you know we would come from a, a more you know um, I would say impassioned place about it. Um, so yeah I, yeah, I I had some interesting, some fun, interesting memories of Thanksgiving in the South. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, now, Brian, what, what, what does your Thanksgiving look like? Oh yeah, well, um, both my family and my uh, wife's family, uh, we don't see a number of things eye to eye on either politics or religion, so we're kind of in the minority around. Uh, whichever table we're at uh, for the holidays. So it, it's a challenge. Uh, sometimes things will come up and you just kind of have to do a mental sort of check-in with yourself. Like, is this worth saying anything or do I just let it slide? And sometimes it's hard to know what the right thing to do is because it may be something you care a lot about or you just hear something that you just feel like you just can't say that or talk that way <laughs> you know uh like someone at our pub theology group uh here locally said you know my mom will just say something racist and i, I just can't not respond but it never goes well when i do right. respond but, <laughs> right. but how can you let that go you know right. and so it's always that sort of negotiation of how much am i willing to to get into something and i think because we've had past conversations that in general haven't gone terrifically and sometimes have gone horrifically. Uh, I think everybody kind of is looking forward to just talking about the turkey. And and in Michigan, the Lions are always the first game on Thanksgiving, so it's easy to kind of be distracted by some football. Uh, sadly but distracted, Lions, I might the say. The Lions aren't doing that well, so I don't know. I mean, are the Lions they have ever a winning doing record, well? My they have a winning record. They're on a three-game winning streak, my friend. Okay, winning record just means one more game than you've lost. One that you've lost. That <laughs> well, let's or, just be clear or, about that. <laughs> in their case, two games. They've won two more than they've lost. Just saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so anyway, so you, you just kind of have to negotiate what you're willing to, to engage on or not. And, you know, last year coming fresh off the election, I think things are particularly tense around a lot of Thanksgiving tables for people. But I think it's still there a year in. I mean, if you watch the news tonight and you see the president defending Roy Moore, you just want to, you kind of lose your whole appetite for Thanksgiving. Confrontation should not happen until you've at least gone through one serving of food. <laughs> like, 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 hold off every comment about anything 
like you know the 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 mom says or grandma says something racist the aunt says something ultra political during appetizers don't respond save it to at least you've got a plate of food down in you so that then when you go back for seconds then at least if things spiral out of control you've eaten you know (laughs) you can save your thanksgiving work and what's that wonderful um, uh, thing that Turkey has that makes everybody sedentary and sleepy? Yeah. Tryptophan. So like, just just hope they had enough turkey that that kicks in. <laughs> exactly. I, exactly. You know, I think there's two ways. I mean, so we're a family who are estranged from our, you know, uh, extended families for the most part, or they're busy and. Um, you know, we have Thanksgiving with us and our kids, and that's kind of it, and and we're okay with that. Um, it's yeah. it's a lot less pressure, right? It's a big family dinner, and I still make everything. And we it have sounds kind of nice. It is. It's super nice. And I mean, I'm literally making four pies for six people, and by six people, I mean two adults and four children under the age of ten. So that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So if you want some pie, come on over. Mm. Um, but you know, Thanksgiving's a, a, going back to the meal part. Everybody gets what they want. Like no holds bar, right? Like you want chocolate yeah. pie, you can have chocolate pie. Um, but I've also been, you know, in that huge extended family dinner where there's so many people that you don't have to talk politics. I actually think there's like there's a mid range here, right? Where there's enough people in the room that it becomes uncomfortable, but then you get to a point where there's so many people in the room, you just find your people and yeah, you just there's... them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's really only the like eight person dinner that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and there's so many other things that you can debate about that have nothing to do with the, you know, the hot topics of the day, like, you know, was Justice League really a good movie or not? You know, that's <laughs> that's up for contention. Still, yeah. yeah. Views are just, you know, divided on that. Um, you know. I mean, t- I did. So we're 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 in an NFL boycott, uh, which is really hard for us because we're huge NFL fans. And I and I realized, um, like, as Strange as the sound is, it's been months for us for boycott. And I realized the other day that we aren't going to get to watch football on Thanksgiving. Ooh. And it actually, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. You, right? you like, felt like this little panic attack. I did. Like, I, I was like, oh, my, what what does this mean? What is what is Thanksgiving without football? And and I, I know that for some people listening, they're like, that's stupid. But I'm like, no, seriously, like, it's a big <laughs> deal for me. I love football. Um, and it's we've, you know, I've thrown myself into college and I'm OK with that. I'm OK with college football and, you know, whatever. But it's it's not the same. And, yeah, and are there college um, games on Thanksgiving? Sorry, you broke up, so I didn't hear the question. Are there college games on Thanksgiving Day? No, or not that I know of. So, yeah, like, I think they're on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, they're on Friday and Saturday. So that's going to be a change for me this year. Although we, so we're on an off year. We don't have kids Thanksgiving, so we are not having dinner until Saturday. So uh, yeah. um, Friday, I don't, or um, Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday. We're gonna, you know, order sushi and probably binge Stranger Things too. <laughs> Do nice. it. I recommend it. <laughs> so Wait, yeah, I thought you guys. I thought you guys were trying to get into NBA. That not working out. Well, you know, Derek likes to tweet things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So what would you recommend for someone who does have that sort of middle range size gathering? Let's say it's under 20 people where there can be a conversation around the table that's sort of the conversation rather than a, you know, 30 to 50 group, you know, as you suggested, uh, where that's just a lot of side conversations. And let's say there's, you know, Uncle Uncle Joe, let's say, who you know is just going to kind of go off on a topic and, you know, are there like hand signals that people should have like with their spouse or, you know, are I mean, you, what, are you, are you asking for a friend, Brian? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, have not named any real or actual I, I, you people know what? I know. Ogan, like, I mean, it actually, so even a family that disagrees, the, the respect of the three or four times rule, right? Like, mm -hmm. even if it's unspoken, like immediately in my head, I thought that's really great boundaries. Yeah. Like yeah. for everybody, that was really great boundaries to say, I respect our relationship above digging my heels in. Um, and not everybody has that, right? Like Uncle, yeah. the Uncle I mean, Joe we're talking about doesn't have that. Yeah. And it didn't always work either. I'm just. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but I think there could be a gauge for you, right? Like mm -hmm. mom makes a racist joke. Not okay, mom. You right. know, like. But after three or four times, I'm done. <laughs> after you know, three or four like, times, mom, we heard you. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Point made. I mean, but I, I, you know, I encouraged this last year when it was like, it was genuine fright and concern. People yeah. were genuinely afraid to go to Thanksgiving dinner because they yeah. knew they were going to be in the room with, let's not even talk about the other person, right? They were knew they were going to be in the room with Trump supporters and they were yeah. scared and they were worried. Um, and the conversation this year is, I'm interested to see what they'll say because are they still defending this? Right. And that conversation's hard because nobody likes to admit they're wrong. Right. You know, or I mean, maybe not even they don't feel that they're wrong, but like nobody likes to sit there and say, yeah, this is really, this is really not going well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, let's all just admit it's really not going well. To which, however many million people say, uh, yeah, and the right. rest of them go, okay, but we were really, you know, it's those few people that were like truly holding out hope. Right. Like, okay, but maybe the party can bring them around. Maybe whatever excuse they used, you know, I heard them all. But like, so, I, you know. I, I, think, I think what often might work is if you can talk politics, so I'm assuming that when people go to Thanksgiving family gatherings, for the most part, like, you know, it may be a very, a very, very like socioeconomic group of people, but it may be people who tend to be like in the same, whether it's like middle class, upper class, lower class, whatever. Um, you know, if you're going to talk politics, talk about the things that I think will affect you all. So like, I think no matter where you fell on the political spectrum, when they were talking about overhauling the Affordable Care Act, I don't think nobody wanted to, you know, go back to a time when you only got health insurance if you were healthy. Right. Right. So so that could be a common a common ground place. What are the common ground places? You know, they're talking about tax break, uh, you know, the the new tax plan and you know, re, like the Republicans have just come out basically admitting like, you know, we, we got to give the rich people the tax break so that they will fund us. Like, I mean, they're actually saying this out loud now, which <laughs> blows my mind. 
We're like, we we knew this all along, but we didn't think y'all would actually say it out loud. But the point is, when you look at the the new tax plan they're proposing, you know, some middle and lower class families are gonna take a hit. So again, no matter what side of the line you're on, nobody wants to pay more taxes. So you know, that's another common ground point. I don't think nobody wants to see, you know. A, a person who preyed upon teenagers, Roy Moore, like be elected. You know, I think everybody can agree that that you know, um, with all these like sexual harassment and sexual, you know, uh, you know, the Harvey Weinstein's and all that kind of stuff. Like with all of that, like I mean, even even if that topic comes up, I don't think there's anyone who couldn't find common ground there. So. Unless but, you're but, an evangelical in in Alabama, then you might actually be more no, in favor. That's true, but again, if 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 your family is an evangelical family in Alabama and you are not already evangelical and in Alabama, like I think a uh, friends friends given meal is really your best option. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's well said, and that's why I'm staying at home. Don't even. <laughs> So what about the idea of, let's say somebody does make a comment that sort of is to you deeply offensive uh, about race or orientation or, or gender identity. Um, one suggestion that came up at our group the other night was instead of, you know, saying, mom, that's racist or mom, you sound like a racist, you know, to, to maybe ask a question and say, well, tell me about what what you just said, or tell me more about that situation, or, or what are you trying to say there? Instead of immediately sort of putting the person who made the comment on the defensive, asking a question to probe a little deeper to help them say more about their stance, that might be a way to at least tease out a little bit of the underlying issues and get to a little more substance instead of just sort of like, well, you're wrong, and you know, and they're just gonna say, no, I'm not. <laughs> that's going to make it worse because when you ask the racist to explain their racism, it doesn't get better. So no, it's, know. it's horrible. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. You I think non right. nonviolent communication is a great tool. If you've never read the book, nonviolent communication by, was it Marshall Rosenberg or Marshall Rosen? I forget his last name. Um, so, so the, the phrase you use is when you say this, it makes me feel <laughs> fill in the blank and my request is that you you know do whatever so when you make a statement that's like you don't even have to call it racist but you repeat what the person just said when you say that it makes me feel i don't know ashamed to be part of this family it makes me feel uncomfortable it makes me feel yeah. you know but you make it about yourself you make it about yourself yeah, like your response and your feelings and my request simply is, you know, while we're here at Thanksgiving and join a meal together, that that I not hear statements like that anymore. Like, don't e don't even ask them to go into it because again, you open in a <laughs> you might be right that that you might. And, not and what's the other topic that Crazy Uncle Joe will go off about that's harmless, right? Like maybe it is the lions. Maybe you know, there's some. I mean. Yeah. A, a personality like that doesn't just get hot button about one thing. Yeah. And so, and not that, but do your research, right? I mean, why not? Why not take an hour out of your day, look up a couple of things 
maybe Uncle Joe's a farmer and you learn something about what's going on this year. I, I, I don't know, but like whatever they're interested in, take a minute to learn about that and, and build the relationship that way, right? Like just protect yourself, keep it off topic. I mean, yeah. protecting myself is calling it out when I hear it because that like not saying something actually puts me in a more harmful place, right? Yeah, of going like home. Complicity. Exactly. Right. But at the same time, I can easily say, you know what? I'm really not okay with that, with that joke or that statement, but I don't really want to talk about that today. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. And you know what the kids did the other day? Like Maggie's learning this stuff in math and it's really hard and blah, like whatever, like have like that index card, that old school, like show up with a list of index cards to a really hard date, right? To topics. <laughs> show up to Thanksgiving dinner with a list of topics to change the subject too when it comes up. Find your friends, right? Maybe you have another cousin that's yeah. a crazy liberal. Yeah. No, um, I, I like that, Shannon. I think that's excellent to to intentionally ahead of time think about that person that you really know you don't see eye to eye to on a lot but to go out of your way to show interest in their life in other ways. And that can actually create a, a relationship where maybe a substantive conversation at some other time could happen. Yeah, the holidays are rife with expectation. And yeah. everybody, you know, even the healthiest of families, right? Like we go back to that traditional meal, there are expectations of each player in the room. and. And you don't have to buy into that and you don't have to play into that, but you also like can't just change all the rules either. Right. Right. You could you could also go on what I like to call the um the offended the offending offense, which is like, you know they're gonna be, you know, politics, religion are hot button topics. But what if like you introduce something that truly offends everyone? <laughs> and then they are in unity, you know, against you. So, like, <laughs> you know, introduce, like, from the time people start showing up, you start playing cards against humanity. Like, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> no, one, no one's talking about anything else after you do that, you know, or just for the sake of really getting crazy, like, seriously, you know, either do something crazy or say, I did, like, you would not believe what happened to me the other day. Like, or, you know, like, you, you know, you get to the thing, you get to the event, you go in the bathroom and you change into like, you know, a silk robe and you just walk around with a robe on. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, what's wrong with, you know, you, you, you manage the conversation by doing something like really <laughs> outlandishly insane. Wait, can, now, can we, can we, uh, just for clarity, are, is this uh a holiday survival tip or a holiday something else tip? <laughs> well, I can't, I can't, uh, I'm asking for a friend. I think this is <laughs> how to make yourself a moving target by Ogan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, this is how to control the narrative. You want to control so, the narrative. Outside the, the so box. you are taking a bullet for whoever you're with is what's wow. happening. Exactly. Controlling the <laughs> so, narrative. <laughs> and there better be some good reward later for it. <laughs> control you know, the narrative. Control the narrative. You heard it or, here, folks. Or have a discussion around something that people can take different sides on 
but that necessarily isn't isn't volatile you know i don't know and 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 i i say this jokingly but i'm serious so like in the news you know i was just reading articles about did you see about the asteroid or the 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 rock that was floating through the solar system that yeah what was that thing i i don't know but it it for two weeks for two weeks and only two weeks, there's this rock that is floating through the solar system that came from another solar system. And, and astronomers are like, this is the first, like, basically extraterrestrial thing that wasn't a comet or wasn't an asteroid. Ooh. And I was like, why isn't this, like, the, the main topic of the news? Like, I know there's some crazy stuff going on, but this might be our first potential contact with something from another galaxy or another solar system like this should have been the headline mm. so you know you bring up something like that and now the conversation you're just talking about potential of life on in space and and colonizing mars like you have totally controlled the narrative in that way and people will have different views but none of them are controversial because none of them can really be proven or disproven then you could say you know imagine if we could start life on another planet and we treated everyone equally and we didn't <laughs> hoard all the resources so that there were haves and have nots and we didn't you know make demands on who people could love and couldn't love you know you could just kind of approach it that way you you no you're missing the point (laughs) (laughs) It it does bring up an interesting thought which i've been wrestling with lately which is is there anything that is completely neutral these days is anything seriously even the weather even the weather is not a neutral conversation. And like I brought up, let's focus on football, but we're boycotting. Well, sh- there we go yeah. again, right? Like, I know. And then you got to say, how about that GQ cover? And people are going to be, what? what? <laughs> and and wasn't that a great article? And like, well, blah. Like, I mean, I just, yeah. I feel like there's nothing. I, I think that's that's part of the problem is, you know. Outer um, space. Outer space is neutral. Outer, sp- outer space isn't neutral. It <laughs> is. <laughs> That's oh, the problem. I mean, and, Not, and none of us know enough about it to have an informed position. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean we're not going to get heated over it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so we end up, you know discussing somebody's diagnosis about something, and everybody gets depressed, and that's the end of the meal. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, you know. So one one way I heard uh, at a at a seminar at uh, Wild Goose this summer was if you're in a conversation where someone uh, has a view on a subject and let's say it's um, you know something like foreign policy or uh, something like that and you don't really want to get into it but they kind of make this statement like well I think we ought to show North Korea who's boss and you know peace through strength or something like that and you disagree with it. Uh, the suggestion was you could kind of say, boy, do I see that differently than you do? And just kind of leave it there. Like, and just acknowledge that you don't see it that way. And it could open the door to later conversation, but you don't necessarily have to get into it at that moment. But you don't also let it go unacknowledged that this person just said this thing that you, you know, kind of have a strong oh, disagreement. Well, it's it's like the improv technique of yes and. <laughs> yes and. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world is just in a terrible place right now. We can all agree. Yes, on that, and right? <laughs> <laughs> see how that works. You might yeah, you just what do the... said. <laughs> and, you your own... and you just and then... edu- 
You know, yeah. grandma takes the kids away to make pilgrim's hat and you go, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> but so, wow. so we're, we're, we're missing, we're missing the one thing I think that could save it all, which is it's, Thanksgiving. What can we give thanks for? What are we grateful for? Uh, Always steer the conversation, I think, back in that direction. So, I mean, I've I've been at a few Thanksgiving meals where people do that just when they sit down to eat. Like it becomes like, you know, the before we serve or carve the turkey, everybody go around and say one thing they're thankful for. Why aren't we doing that like the whole time? Hey, what went well for you this year? What can you say was good in your year? Like, you know. I think if we focus on on the the gratitude stuff and making a excuse me making a point not to dispute what the person says, like if they say I'm grateful, you know, we got Trump as our president. All right, that's their gratitude. You don't have to argue about it. It's not what you're grateful for. You know, you're grateful Trump's president. I'm grateful we still got Affordable Health Care Act as the law of the land. You know what? What is everybody grateful for? I'm grateful it's all falling apart. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm I grateful think... all these allegations are happening. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that that actually um, gives a good point. That if you're in charge, even just a little bit, right? Like if you're the one in, say you're. I mean, this is great if you're hosting. Yeah. But even if you're just attending and you're comfortable enough to ahead of time like put it out there right and say hey guys i know that we're we're all in different places and we're all struggling and can you know i it would be wonderful if we could all just take a day and and truly be grateful for one another and can we can we try to do that together um at this meal like before the meal during the appetizers you know and and really be and not use this word to some people but really be mindful of each other and where we are and you right. know all of that and put it out there ahead of time so there's an expectation to keep the peace yeah i like that uh, yeah that, that's a good way is it is it legit okay not to be with your family at thanksgiving mm. you're singing my song <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. You know, when we lived in uh, D.C., we did a Friendsgiving and we hosted and we just, you know, had a long table and put another table on that. And it was so much fun doing all the cooking with friends and hanging out. I mean, it was just a totally different feel like okay. because we have challenges in our situations. I love you all if you're listening. Um, <laughs> it's, honest, not honest, it's not about honestly, love. It's not about love. Honestly, sometimes it just feels like a, a duty and you're kind of trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. And now what Christmas you know what I mean? is for, though? And now what Christmas is for? Oh, <laughs> see, the pastor card plays you out of that one every time. Oh, Sorry, I have yeah. to work. I have to work. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true enough. So, I, I mean, mean, yeah. Listen, it's it's hard. I've I've been struggling to I've been trying to write about this for over a week now, like writing, like blogging about what it's like to be estranged from family at the family centered holiday. Like, yes, there's Christmas, but like Thanksgiving is the family centered holiday. It's about the family meal. But, but what is family? I mean, we live in a time where family is like, can be described by a bunch of different things. We got extended family. We got half siblings. We got like family. I mean, it's kind of always been that way, but not really, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Family. How do you define family uh, nowadays? And who do you go to 
to call your family. I'll give you a great example of this. Um, so my girlfriend, her her parents got divorced when she was, you know, fairly young, and each of them have been married twice since. And she's connected with all the stepbrothers and siblings mm-hmm. and so on. It's like she drew a family tree the other day, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is like." I can't keep up with this. Yep. Every time we go to meet people, I'm like, so who is this and how are you related? Right. (laughs) So whose kid are you and what? Yeah, exactly. So when now it's the family, who is the family here? Yep. You know, so I think, I think when we use that word today, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And given, given that, I think we kind of have a lot more, choice but we also have a lot more potential to disappoint some yeah i mean so there's there's um like brian you were saying when you lived in dc like so there's a physical distance we can't really afford or we can't get the time away to get back there there are i mean i'll just speak for myself there are significant differences when every you're you're estranged because of toxicity reasons and Mm -hmm. every holiday brings that pain back up and every year it's getting a little easier, but it's never the same. So yeah. I, we have an adopted family that we spend uh, Christmas with every year. They have brought us in. We are their children. They are grandparents to our children. It is wonderful and we love them. Um, they don't host Thanksgiving, so we don't go to their house on Thanksgiving. And and I'm okay with that. Like I don't need, cause they're not my parents, right? Like right. there's also a recognition of that too, that that you can adopt me in a lot of ways, but, but I, it's okay that this is hard. Like, it's okay that it's strange, but I will forge my own path. Right. Like we, we discussed having a bunch of family and friends or a bunch of friends over like who we consider family. Um, but this year, like we just got married and six weeks ago and we threw a huge family dinner. That is exactly what we said to the restaurant. Like we want to have a huge family meal and, and our blood relatives, our marriage relatives and our friends who we consider relatives all came and sat down and ate together and it was great. So just so you know, I did call the post office and rail on them because I didn't, you know, my invitation got lost in the mail. So, well, there were no mailed invitations. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, it was a very small wedding. I mean, in terms I, of weddings, right? There were literally 40 people there. Um, you know, I'm kidding. You know, I know. Charlie are. Brown, we, if you got invited, it was and a we mistake. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you so much. We like it was hard. That was so that I mean, that's another good point, though, when you do a Friendsgiving, right? Like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, exactly. Not that a Friendsgiving is a wedding, but like we had a really hard time drawing the line. True. Oh, trust me. I, I, I know. Yeah. I, like so who who's the closest and who's not and i mean all of this is i just want to say out loud like take care of yourself right it's hard um it it is and on and for the people on the other side like don't don't over assume your importance in people's lives right you know what i'm saying like seriously and uh i i made the joke you know, I was jesting earlier, and at no point in this whole thing did I think an invitation was going to come to me. Come to <laughs> I no, seriously, I I would have been more shocked if it hadn't. I'd have been like, 
really? Why are you guys inviting me to your wedding? Like I met you once, <laughs> and like you know, you know, we click, but that was it. Like I'd have been more shocked than not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so, but but I think a but lot. There of were people who were offended. God love them, and I love them too. But those are they, you they had to cut are. the list off somewhere. Right, and those people who are offended are again. I'm like, like put put don't don't overestimate who you are in these people's lives. Um, but but again, that comes. You know, you're making a great point about family of origin versus family of choice. Yeah, and, and who do you want to spend that time with? My daughter right now is in Raleigh, North Carolina, with her family of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, in a car on the way to the beach. This is a family that she bonded with when we lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. We've not lived in Raleigh, North Carolina since 2012, but between the years of 2008 and 2012, when she lived there, she pretty much spent more time with this family than with us. So, like, there were uh, there are two boys in the family, one a year older, one a year younger, and like every evening after school, I was I spent for a bunch of that time I was still in seminary flying back and forth Jennifer was working full time so like after school you know she'd go home with this family that was like across the street and they were part of our church community as well this was her family of choice it still is and every time she goes every time a vacation comes up like a holiday like like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something she's like can I go to Raleigh and be with you know this family now her actual blood family on Jennifer's side live in Raleigh. And I said, sure, but you got to go see them too. Like, right. <laughs> you know, you want to yeah. spend the whole time with them, but you need to maintain that connection. And she's navigated that really well. So she went down, she spent, you know, uh, she flew down yesterday, spent yesterday and part of today with them. And now she's off to the beach with the other folk. And for me, I'm very clear with her that it is okay to choose your family of choice, you know, over your family of origin but you can't neglect your family of origin at the same time because you know both of them may or may not be like the family of origin they probably will look be looking out for you for the rest of your life the family of choice maybe maybe not you know and it honors your mom as well so you gotta stay connected to these folks but at the same time why subject yourself so again she. Joy's, Joy's, Joy's like, you know, her parents, nice, progressive, liberal, you know, biracial child who, you know, is now becoming, you know, less and less afraid to speak her mind with, with the family. So for her being with them for extended period of time sometimes can be challenging. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't have to be with them all the time, but you still have to be with them at some point in time. So I'm okay with her being with someone else. And again, for me, so people say to me, well, doesn't that like, don't you miss her at Thanksgiving and all that? And I said, well, I grew up in a culture where we didn't even observe Thanksgiving. So this holiday does not have that kind of weight and import to me, you know, like it does. So does given that you're like your blood family, right? Like your mother is in, in Barbados, mm-hmm. like even though you didn't grow up with Thanksgiving and you don't have that nostalgia, because it's such a family-oriented holiday, like, do you ache for your family this time of year? So, so because most of my blood family back in Barbados and I are not on the same page of things, I I took the option of running to a whole other country. 
So you're thankful then. <laughs> There's the posture of gratitude, right? Exactly. But but and to your point, so the 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 holidays that are meaningful, more meaningful, like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's when I will miss them the most, and like wish I was there because a Barbadian Christmas is like a whole it's a whole different animal. Right. One that I still miss after being here for twenty some years, more than half my life now. And wish I was there for, and we'll be, I mean, we're going home in February, so I'll see him, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the same thing, but then you get to a point where, you know, you're an adult, you're grown, you get married, you got your wife, you got your own kids and you're creating traditions of your own. Now you have your own family, you know, so it's, it's almost like you want to be with them more than you want to be with anybody else, you know? Absolutely. And we, so we, you know, we're a, we're a blended family. I came into this marriage with two biological children. He came in with two biological children and, and there's our exes, our children's other parent. And then there's um, in, in their instances, a boyfriend and a girlfriend on, on those sides. And so, you know, melding this blended family and then taking into consideration everybody's extended family feelings or not, you know, and and one of the things that Derek and I have always come to hold on to when it comes to being grateful on days that are really hard are or is to say no child was ever harmed by having more adults in their life that loved them. And 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 to also come to this, as Ogan, you've obviously done to say, I can't provide everything for you. You know, um, like if you want to have that feeling of siblings, then you go find this family and attach to them. And 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 we were busy and we needed help, and these family helped us. And great, you know, like no child was ever harmed by really healthy, good people in their lives that that loved them. Um, yeah, I like yeah. that. Are they healthy though? That's the that that's a whole. Well, <laughs> that, some of that might be a pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's your choice, you know. But like, and and again, this goes back to the family argument. Like, <laughs> the liberal people that adopted me as teenagers, because you know, whatever, may not have been healthy to my family, but but they were my salvation, right? Like, they were they were the people that provided that for me, and. And and I can we're complex human beings, and I can hold yeah. both of those feelings and tension at the same time. You know, and and that's that's a great point you make. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be an either or situation. It is both, and we can have multiple, um, almost like contradictory feelings at the same time, and it's okay. And to see things like, you know, this complex arrangement of family as as a blessing something to be grateful for you know um you know my girlfriend is teaching me that with her like crazy massive extended blended <laughs> family situation and 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 she's a really good model of of being proactive at connecting with them and and she's got all these connections now and i'm looking at this saying this is pretty awesome you know, and here I am. I've got a brother who lives in Brazil, and we maybe talk twice a year. Right. You know, and so now it's like inspiring me to go. Like, yeah, we live far away, but you know what? He, he's he is my brother, like my full brother. I this is like crazy that I don't have barely any kind of connection with him. So so I should do something about 
that. So yeah, we can turn it into an asset, not a liability. Absolutely. I was tempted in our last moments here to just, you know, take us down the historical trail of, uh, you know, the, the mythological origins of this holiday, but I'm not sure we have uh, time or energy to get into that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll table that, uh, for next Thanksgiving. Um, or we can touch a little, we can, you know what, let's, let's touch on it a little bit in, in our post show. And okay. if people want to hear about Good. our views on the native Americans and the savages, what? then we can your words. They weren't the savages. The Europeans were. The right. Oh, I heard. Oh, I, mean, I, yeah, I needed to fully listen to what you were saying there. Thank okay, you. Gotcha. Yeah, well um, done. Yeah. If folks want to, if folks want to tune into that, you know, head over to YouTube's and, 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 and watch the video. But yeah, we can touch on that a little bit for like 10 minutes. You got the time, Shannon? Absolutely. He's got right, the time. All right. Good, good. And I got more. So, to go. <laughs> so any, any final word on what we've talked about uh, in terms of, you know, the holidays, navigating the emotional uh, challenges, the family challenges, the blessings, uh, the different views. What would you say? Um, I, th just one more thing that I popped into my head, which is, um, you know, a lot of these discussions lack nuance and they're not as black and white and, and sometimes just naming that and saying, you know, that's a really complicated issue. Um, that, again, that's another way to get out of it, right? Like, I think that's a really complicated issue and I don't really wanna go into that right now, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll just end by, or this part of it by saying, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for people like us that get together and have these discussions ahead of time, right? for the preparation for finding your tribe, as we say in our house, like <laughs> we, we find our tribe and we, we stick with them and we um, support one another so that when we go into situations and as crazy as it sounds like a Thanksgiving dinner with people that don't agree, we, we know that we're loved and we have their voices in our heads and not the, you're, you're the black sheep and you're crazy. Yes. And yes. why can't you just, agree with us you know but yeah well you're loved and enough just the way you are well <laughs> i think jesus said something like that something Once. like that <laughs> or, at least, or at least or at least he was reported to have said it um <laughs> the, uh, uh in red ink with a red pen exactly <laughs> somebody said he said it whether he actually said it's a whole different story um focus on the gratitude what are you grateful for about your year and and honestly no matter how crazy some of your other relatives are there is something about them that you can be grateful for there is something in there um and you know we may have for us you know progressive liberals we may have the crazy conservative you know uh non-progressive you know grandparent or aunt who we don't agree with politically or anything, but this is a person who is like the embodiment of love, who does these amazing things and gives and shares and and opens their heart and their home. So there's always something you can find to be grateful for about who you are and the people in your family. Focus on that. And I think if you focus on the gratitude, you know, a great abundance principle, if you focus on gratitude, 
you will see more of what you're grateful for. So, and uh, so that's my recommendation. Go that route, and as a backup, if all else fails, Cards Against Humanity. Boom. Well, I'm grateful for this conversation. Uh, as as Shannon noted, even just having this kind of conversation is uh, mental and spiritual uh, and emotional preparation for uh, gatherings that can be contentious. And I think you you named an important thing, Shannon, that it's good to know who your tribe is and to know that you have friends who see you as you and value and love and support you and to hold that into a space where maybe that isn't the case by people who are close to you. It's so good to have that to lean on and to breathe and to say, this isn't the end of the world. This isn't all it's about. Uh, and we're going to get out on the other side and pass the wine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There you so. go. More more wine. Yes. What are your Friday plans? That's really the important question. <laughs> yeah. I know. We could do a whole episode on Black Friday, but that's uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. But thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media, which by the way, check out our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash pub theology. We asked people, uh, how do you feel about talking about religion and politics around the Thanksgiving table? answer in a gif or a gif and there's been a lot of fun responses and you can add your own of course you can listen anytime to pup theology live on soundcloud stitcher google play music or itunes please rate us in those venues and if you would like to find a group where you could sit around the table with people at your local establishment and have a conversation about deep and important things where uh multiple perspectives are welcome Please head over to pubtheology.com and check out the directory there or find instructions to start your own. And thank you to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive and casualpriest at casualpriest.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I was having a burp attack, so I. <laughs> I know that porter really got you. <laughs> I swear, I swear it was crazy. You know, oh if you, man, if, it was if, the porter. If you really want to serve a controversial conversation that really isn't important, you know, you should decide definitively: is it GIF or JIF? Because oh, that could be contentious. It could be contentious, but irrelevant. And I don't <laughs> mind contentious arguments that are irrelevant. There you yes. go. There you go. Well, I did want to say, Shannon, thanks for joining our table for this conversation. That's been a, been a lot of fun and a real delight. So thanks for looping in with us tonight. Anytime. Um, so so as the non-American on the panel, who is not steeped in American history, like this whole like Native American and European thing that started the Thanksgiving tradition, the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way I understand it is, you know, Enroll the Europeans. They got a little settlement going on. It's not going well. It's not going well. <laughs> People are dying and stuff. You know, the Native Americans kind of like show them, all right, you know, here is how you can grow crops successfully in this terrain. 
and they do it and everybody's happy for a while and then it all goes wrong and is it like more Europeans pouring in or the Europeans want like I'm a little sketchy on what happens that it starts to fall apart and then next thing you know we're massacring Indians like I mean Native Americans so like that's that's mm. just my my sketchy overview of of the whole Thanksgiving origin. Yeah, well, you know, the, uh, so there was this initial uh, apparently feast in 1621. Uh, so, I believe it or not, we're coming up on 400 years uh, since that. Um, where, as you said, um, the Wampanoag tribe. I'm going to say that wrong. That's good enough. Okay. I mean, like none of us really knows. So. Yeah, okay. this is, I will fully admit, this is a part of history that I know that I learned incorrectly and I yes. haven't overly corrected it, right? Like yeah. I just, I know it's wrong. Yeah. And that's really all I know. So there was, so I have a little bit here, which says, you know, they, as, as was noted, they, the early pilgrims were struggling to survive, uh, harsh climate, crops weren't growing these Native Americans guided them in their traditional indigenous methods for raising crops. And they had a successful harvest, which they celebrated with a three-day feast. But those good vibes, of course, soon disappeared. And more English settlers uh, arrived. They started seizing land from these same Native Americans who had embraced them and treated them well and basically saved their lives and uh they responded so with violence uncle joe showed up is what you're saying <laughs> uncle, exactly <laughs> it all, uncle joe it all, showed up with ammunition exactly yeah, it, all, it all fell apart when more white people showed up yeah I, I see. well i i think there is a common understanding that like when the settlers came there was i mean i i have heard that statistic that like the majority of them died within the first winter the ones that did survive the voyage and and so when you're living in a posture of we're desperate and you're you're um we're defaulting to you because this is your land you know what to do you whatever you're the and locals. then when things start to go well more people show up and they say why are you why are you friends with these people right like why are you curtailing yeah. to them just yeah. take it like that's what you that's what we're here to do or they came with a different agenda they're not the puritans that came over for religious you know et cetera, et cetera. um or maybe it was religiously motivated like i, I don't know enough of the detail should it be part of our thanksgiving tradition to to do a reading or to or to have lament over the history of the founding of our nation or the founding I, of this I, holiday I think, I think so i think it should be like why are we here again together what was what was the origin story? I love origin stories. What is the origin story? Yeah. And not just the sanitized origin story, but the full right. account of it, the good parts and the bad parts. What can we learn from the good parts, you know, and what can we learn from the parts that went horribly wrong? But again, it's like, you know, we're, we're, right, where do you go to get the true story? Yep. Given that history is often written by the victors and as we know it's been very sanitized but i think and here we are in 2017 i think that's becoming less and less of an issue and 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 people are becoming more transparent about to, to the best of their abilities historically and 
um, from a scholarship perspective of telling the true story. But but I think I think what we can pull out of that story is that the the Europeans did not stay in that place of gratitude. Right. When that place of gratitude, maybe the first year, probably the second. But then, you know, Shannon said, when more people came over who didn't understand, you know, the context, who didn't understand the short history, who didn't understand how the settlers got where they got, you know, that it doesn't. It, it didn't apply to them and they were like this doesn't make sense and right. and i think i think that's a common story um not just in war but people people bond yeah. and then you get put back into the i mean we watch this with our teenagers all the time right they get back into their group and what were you doing talking to them and why and they're weird and they're different and 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 whatever it is that makes them weird or different, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be something as obvious as gender identity or sexual orientation or race, right? It could be all kinds yeah. of nuances of things. Yeah, for me it was, you know, I was always told about those uh people in Ohio and those those buckeyes growing up and they were to be avoided. <laughs> and, and I finally went to Columbus for the big game and watched us get beat in the horseshoe and I realized these Ohio State people are they're all right. Whoa, that is too far, my friend. Too far. But again, comes back to if you focus on what you have in common. Well, and and that's always the discussion. I mean, that was the discussion last year, you know, in that election and not. We we really do want the best for each other. Um, How we get there is a huge difference of opinion sometimes but i mean most of the people most of the people really they they don't want to take away anybody else's opportunity to thrive but whether it's perceived or or real um and there's some very real you know like we we were having this discussion like does at some point in this process, right, of the, whether it's the Native Americans and the English settlers or whatever, is can't, the the coexistent conversation is somehow a feeling of your, your getting more is somehow taking away from me. And is that really the case? Or can, can we both just have more, right? Like, yeah, right. Um, yeah, there's enough. There's enough for everyone. There really is <laughs> more than enough for everyone, actually. Yeah. Now, I mean, th- you may want more, but like there is enough, and yeah. and I think that's that's the difference. But again, nuance is what is part of all of this conversation that is difficult. Yeah. And I don't think that we are we are e. I think we're becoming less and less. Uh, I'm making a broad brush, broad stroke statement here. We're becoming less and less equipped for nuance in a culture that is is more and more becoming like you know instant gratification. You mm-hmm. know, just stream the Netflix and the Hulu and oh, uh, we're I mean we're boxed in on a regular basis, right? Like if you're not this, then you have to be that. You know, right? Yes. And, I mean that's what I I. I say to this, to, and I said it here tonight, but I say it to people all the time. It's okay that you're a complex human being yeah. that thinks two things simultaneously that may 
be different than the yeah. other. You yeah. know, there may be intention, or people don't think someone can hold both those views, or right, whatever. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. Good well, night, happy Thanksgiving again, and enjoy your stuffings. Likewise. <laughs> all right. Good night. Bye, everybody.